0: my name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 722. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding and always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being, is a parent's self understanding. On today's show, I think we're titling it called, What's Barbie Really About? Is that what you told me? Yeah, you said we're titling it called, we're titling it called? You said I think what we're titling
1: it called.
0: <laughs> uh, what, I need to I need to meditate. Yeah, Todd That's needs to take say. a deep breath.
1: He's been moving from thing to thing. Let's just take a uh,
0: breathe boy. up. Everybody do
1: this. And down. There we go. So yeah, we're gonna, I think, call it What is Barbie about? We have um you know Barbie came out a few weeks ago but we've had some guests on the show and um so we're you know we didn't do this show right away but I actually like that we're doing this a few weeks later for a few reasons because you've kind of seen more reaction to it mm-hmm. and what people are saying about it and the fact that it reached A billion dollars yesterday. One
0: billion dollars.
1: So instead of debating its longevity or its ability to make money, which we don't have to, we've already just got that, you know. Done. Got that there. And and I'll tell you real quick that when Margot Robbie was trying to sell this movie, this is before Greta Gerwig was even involved. She went, you know, she was looking for producers and such. And she told them this will be a billion dollar movie. And everyone was like, yeah, whatever.
0: And it is. Should we be putting this on the pop culturing platform too you think maybe yeah i
1: all mean right. it, it's it's definitely if, has a lot of pop culture in it
0: if it truly is uh all about barbie and i think it is because i had a few hot takes but i'm gonna ignore those because i want to get to the chiropractor today <laughs> um
1: see so you need to take another deep breath because you're already somewhere else yes
0: so it's like well let's
1: just do this another one and I will share this is pop culturing, but it's not because really what I wanted to discuss is um, why this movie is important and how you don't have to love it or go four times to see the movie. But I want to debate some issues that people have brought forward regarding this movie, not debate to win, but to think. I want this to be a critical thinking exercise.
0: Uh, but before people. Before... But first, before we uh, critically think, okay, um, a few things I want to remind everybody, we have a Zen Talk today. Yes, August Tuesday. August mm-hmm. If there's somebody out there that wants a pair of Zen Parenting fuzzy socks and wants to get on with Kathy and Todd today at noon, all you got to do is join Team Zen. Scroll down. Scroll down and join Team Zen. You'll get some fuzzy socks or maybe a shirt from us and you'll be able to ask a question and be supported by an amazing community of other parents. We have about a hundred or so people in the community. 25 bucks a month. Cancel whenever you want. Please join us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have a YouTube channel. Like, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Scroll down. And then don't forget to write a review for Kathy's amazing book, Zen Parenting. Okay. Oh, thank you. Those are the three things. I feel both very prepared Good. for this podcast. And very ill-prepared for this podcast. The reason I feel prepared is because I went to see Barbie for a second time uh, for a few reasons. One is it's a good movie, and I'll explain why. Two is because I was out in Seattle with my uh, brother and his family, and there's a few of them that had not yet seen it, so we saw it a second time. The reason I'm ill-prepared is because I want to have all these clips kind of ready to go, so you guys might have to bear with me as I kind of navigate through the clips. My first question, though, sweetie, is do you think we should play the trailer and if so it's two and a half minutes mm. do we want to take two and a half minutes i think it'll help can you people. play some of it i mean i could play all of it but yeah i could play some because two
1: minutes is long but just get it going let's and see, see how it goes let's see how
0: it goes
2: hey barbie can i come to your house tonight
1: sure I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by.
0: So cool. Diamonds my
1: eyes. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday and so is tomorrow
2: and every day from now until forever. Do you guys ever think about dying?
1: Some things have been happening that might be related. When my world Cold shower, Ooh. falling off my roof. Ah! And my heels are on the ground. <gasps> what do I have to do? You have to go to the
2: real world. You can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. Closer I am fine. Closer I am fine. I'm coming with you. Okay. Wow, this is the real world.
0: What's going on? Why are these men looking at me? Yeah, they're also staring at me.
2: In the real world that's impossible
0: if this got out this could mean extremely weird things for our world
2: this would be catastrophic we haven't played with barbie since we were like five years old Oh. no one rests until this doll is back in a box
1: Even if nobody else sings along.
0: is that good yeah humans only have one ending get that barbie Ideas live forever. All right. Barbie is one of those ideas. Yeah, you
1: know, and I think I, I'm just going to jump in, Todd. Sure, and we'll, let's jump. Um, so, you know, what is this? What is Barbie about? I kind of spent some time and I wrote down uh, four different big ideas. And I think the first two are the most important. Number one is that Barbie, the movie is an existential crisis. So basically, Barbie, the doll, has a deep awareness about death and also about not being like everybody else and also not being perfect and also about having, um, you know, things not, you know, how everybody wakes up every day and is like, it's perfect. And today's beautiful and everything's great. And she starts to have the realization that not everything is like that. And that why that's why an existential crisis is important to talk about is everybody has one. And I would say that, for women, we talk about it a lot and it comes in many, you don't just have one in your lifetime. You have them. And so like, first of all, what is an existential crisis? It's the questioning the meaning of life. Like, what am I doing here? Why am I here? And personally, and then Todd, I'll ask you, um, You know, I had them as I was, I had one as I was going through puberty. And that's kind of a lot of what happens with Barbie, where you go from being a girl to all of a sudden being looked at differently, you know, more objectified, um, where you realize something's different. You know, like how, why were people treating me this way before and then this way now? And so you, the whole purpose, your purpose changes. And then when you, you know, it happens when you're in high school, it happens when you're in college. It happens when you get into the work world. It happened when I became a, a mom. I had an existential crisis. It happened, you know, when my parents died and we're no longer here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like, I'm not saying every single one of them is the same significance or severity, but we're always questioning our life and and its meaning. And I think that just as a, a platform idea, especially with a Barbie who has been living in this like, it's almost like the childhood innocence, right? And then all of a sudden she's like, wait a second. This is not what I thought it was. Things are happening to me. So does that make sense to you?
0: Totally. I think you frame those out beautifully. Um, I don't know. I haven't thought about when I had existential. Existential. Existential crisis. I remember the good old days when I was like, you know, before my thinking mind and all that back. Remember when we were babies back in the good old days? When you
1: were cleaning your room at you know, one I was year cleaning old? cleaning
0: my room when I was one year old.
1: Todd contends he remembers cleaning it oh, I don't contend.
0: When I, he was one. I was <laughs> cleaning my room when I was one. I have to disagree. What's great about the innocence of like early youth is there's no such thing as an ex- existential crisis because you're just in the moment, like when you're, Six months old, you're just there. Like yeah, there's no. You're thought. accepting it, and then you start getting older, and you realize the world's complicated. Your parents aren't as cool as you thought they were, and blah blah blah. Um, I don't know. My, I think mine would be very normal existential crisis, which would be, you know, getting married, becoming a father. Uh, I'm on the back nine. I'm 51 years old, mm-hmm. unless I decide to live till I'm 102. I'm on the back nine, so you know, death is closer now than it was yesterday, and it'll mm-hmm. keep getting closer and closer. So um yeah of course it is i i never thought of barbie i mean i know it, within the context of that film it is an ex- existential crisis for typical barbie right um but yeah so stereotypical it's barbie and, you know i'm sure we'll get into this but the reason i enjoyed watching it a second time was because it is layered like i didn't know walk i knew i was gonna see it as soon as the buzz was catching on and kathy and my daughters are like hey we gotta go see it i'm like fine i'll go see it i'm i'm um a beta male, you know, there's this talk about alpha males and beta males and anybody who's willing to be vulnerable and feel their feelings and be emotionally intelligent and go see a Barbie movie. We are known as the wimps slash the beta males, which I think is...
1: I would like you to challenge that notion a little bit, though. I do challenge it. Oh, good. I'm
0: glad. I completely challenge it. I think that there's times for my alpha to show up, which means protect my family and and go work hard so I have a house over that, uh, a roof over my head, like that's the alpha male. And then there's also times when I need to get soft and gentle and nurturing. And I don't think there's one way to be a guy. I think if I'm doing guy, if I'm living as a man, the right way, I need to step into my aggressive focused, um, way of being at times, and I need to be very kind of open and expansive and nurturing and soft and gentle in other times in my life. And, you know, the critics will say, well, you're just a wimp. You know, if you're emotionally vulnerable, you're just a total wimp. And I think, as I've shared with everybody on this podcast for years, that vulnerability is a strength, not one that I always have the ability to tap into. Sometimes I still go to my old ways of conditioning as a young man and you know, being soft is weak, but I find a lot more strength of guys that are willing to cry or get angry in a a conscious way or be joyful in a very innocent way or be afraid, like admit you're afraid. I think that that is such a bigger sign of strength than any of the stoicism that comes out for the quote-unquote alpha males.
1: Well, and I think like, you know, the challenge that I'm, you know, laying down is like we we used to, um, when I was in school, there was this, and I was in education and what the curriculum that I studied at the time, because it changes, you know, through the years, but it was called the whole language approach was, and it took into account everything when it came to language. And then you'd put together things and teach it from that way. And I keep thinking about, we need to have a whole man approach, W-H-O-L-E man approach, which you're not like, well, I'm a beta and that's... That's what they say. You are all the things. Yeah. And every man is all the things. Yeah. As is every woman. That's like saying a woman is either a mom or a work, you know, or a career person. And it's like, you're not one or the other. Mm-hmm. You're all of the things. You know, there's, there's pieces of us, even if we're not like for moms who are like, I'm going to stay home now while I have kids there was probably a career path at one point and there might be one you go back to sure. so you are still those things and then vice versa if you're in a career and you're not a mom right now or you're an empty nester you you get my my
0: drift well, here well i think it for me it's the discernment there i think if we're doing being a human being the right way there's all these different versions of ourselves that right. need to show up right and for me My hope is that I can pause long enough to discern which part of me needs to show up at a certain time, and there's times when I need to be you know, aggressive and strong and stoic, and there's times when I need to be soft and vulnerable and nurturing, and do I have it all figured out? Of course not, but I know that's what I'm shooting for is is the ability to pause and discern which type of me needs to show up at a certain time, and for all the critics, and we're going to play some Ben Shapiro and some other things, they think that... I don't want to put words in their mouths, but there's only one way to be a man, and right. this is not it.
1: Right. And, you know, I'll launch into that because one of the criticisms of this movie is that it's woke, okay? And I, I want to just spend two minutes on that word, because I, I said over the weekend, I was like, I don't under... And, and I think we have. I don't think this is, like, new to us, but we need to, like, take back that word yes, so people have an understanding of what it really means, and then when people throw it out as a criticism, that we say, well, what's a problem with it for... and Let me say this. Woke is being aware of and attentive to important societal facts and issues, especially when it comes to, you know, um, racial and social justice. I don't know why that's a bad thing. So
0: you said that really quick. Okay, you want me to do it? Yeah, say that nice and slow, because I think it's important because um, the word gets weaponized from all these different places. So say it slow for me.
1: Being aware of and attentive to important societal facts and issues, especially issues around social justice and racial justice. (laughs) And I don't know why anyone would be embarrassed of that.
0: What's the problem? And if we were going to ask our biggest critic or the biggest critic, or let's say Ben Shapiro how would he define woke? Would he define it differently? I think he would. Oh,
1: yeah. He would say it's propaganda and dogma, okay. And, okay. So and he would just, use different language. So we're yeah. just
0: using one word having very different definitions.
1: Correct. But the real, like, that's what I mean about understanding, like, what what is really being discussed and criticized? It's that there is this um, belief that we should strive for equal justice, societally, culturally, racially, strive for. We're not going to do it overnight. We're not going to do it perfectly. But that the goal, the trajectory is going toward equality. It's funny. I My daughter just noticed that in our kitchen, um, there's this little thing that I have on the, the windowsill that says, this is an equal opportunity kitchen. And she's like, what does that mean? And I told her that growing up, like when I was a kid, my mom had that in the window in the kitchen which is why when she died it was something i wanted for my window and and i growing up also didn't completely understand what it meant and again it's kind of a joke about everybody should participate in cooking and cleaning and everything but equal opportunity for all people to be to have what you would call alpha or beta and this is non-gender specific to have the ability to do the work they want to do to have the ability to tell their stories to be represented and that that's when it comes to gender, to sexual identity, to race, to I don't understand why that's something to be embarrassed of or offended by. Mm-hmm. Now, again, when I say I don't understand, I do understand because I listen to what other people say. I understand the perspective that a lot of people are offering. When I say understand, what I mean is I hear what they're saying. Yeah. I don't necessarily relate or or connect with it, but I'm listening It's just that these words, as you said, Todd, that get weaponized, sometimes we have to really break them down and be like, is this something I'm embarrassed of doing? I actually think it's lovely and wonderful that in a movie like Barbie they have such a significant representation. Isn't that what we want? And and the fact that representation would mean – because men are represented in this movie –
0: well, and for those of you who have not yet seen this, like when, when I walked into the movie, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't read anything about it. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is one of those movies that that swings the pendulum the other way because there's so many movies that make women look weak or the damsel in distress. Like, you know, so many movies out there. It's guy-focused Women are a backseat if they're in it at all. Right. Or there's, there's that rating system, whatever that thing is called.
1: Yeah, the scale. Yeah,
0: there's some mm-hmm. scale about mm-hmm. how equal.
1: How many what they the women how many lines women have you know how screen time that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll find that scale. all that stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, okay, maybe this is one of those where it's like really heavy on female or feminine. And I was like, because I'm, you know, this beta male, I'll call it, I'm okay with that. There's okay, it's okay if it's like a women-dominated movie because I think that most movies out there are male-dominated. What I found out upon seeing it is that this is a layered, complex, complicated movie and, and is very thought-provoking because, of course, they talk about equality and things like feminism and things like that, but they also... Um, the females call themselves out for some of their own behavior and how they put pit men against each other um for their own benefit like so i i don't want to say like it's equal on both sides but it does paint a lot of different stories within the confines of this movie and it's not simple at all like it's It's thought-provoking.
1: Yeah, it's so layered. And so it's called the Bechdel test. Yes, thank Um, you. And these are the three criteria for the test. Number one, it has to have at least two women in it, the movie does, um, who, this is number two, who talk to each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they can't just be like side characters or only talking to their male counterparts. They talk to each other about, and this is number three, something besides a man. Okay? So the women in a movie, the Bechdel test is about having a woman, having women in the movie that actually talk to each other about something other than a man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's rare. And this is, I think, let's go to that point, Todd, because- So a lo- real
0: quick, before you do that, there's 98, I'm, I'm on bechteltest.com slash statistics. There's 9,800 movies in the database, uh, 57% uh, pass all three tests, 1,000 pass two tests, and 21% pass one test. So, say
1: that again that didn't make sense to nah, me. It
0: doesn't make sense to me either. um it says ten, it says fifty seven percent pass, pass the, all three tests that doesn't make sense.
1: No, yeah,
0: I'm reading this wrong. Um, I
1: would think it'd be the other way around yeah, other way that around. two
0: women would be fifty seven percent and let's just go ahead and reverse that. Let's say eleven percent of them uh do all three right twenty one percent do two uh ten percent do one um and fifty seven percent, do none of them.
1: So let me say this. I know that a lot of people like you're starting to listen to this and I know the, our audience is primarily female. I know there are men who listen and I think that's fantastic. And I'm so glad I just know statistically it's uh, women. Um, And there are women who might be listening to this, who would like uh, the men in their lives to maybe listen to this podcast and this discussion. And so I want to make sure that everybody feels that they are being heard and seen. And I want to explain something, not explain in like a teachy way, but like this is the critical thinking piece, is I want all genders to understand that I imagine, because let me back up and say, a lot of men have walked into Barbie or looked at the trailer or looked at the, you know, people are wearing pink and going to the movie and saying, that's a bunch of woke garbage. You couldn't pay me to go there. I hate it, right? So imagine... Girls growing up and that especially for me, like I'll just talk about my generation, like all of my role models in movies um, or at least 90 percent of them were men. I had to be Luke Skywalker and I could look through Luke Skywalker's eyes and I didn't walk into that movie and go, oh, my God, it's just a bunch of men being men. You know, where are the where are all the women in this movie? It's not fair. They're not fair to the women. Now, maybe we talk about some of that now in terms of we really only had one woman in that movie, but I just walked into that movie and looked through Luke Skywalker's eyes and tried to be empathetic and relate and have him be a hero. And I'm using that because vast majority of people love, you know, Star Wars, but think about any movie. Think about all the Marvel movies. Yes, we have Black Widow. Yes, we have Wanda. Um, you know, the, some of the other, you know, Peppers with Iron Man, like most movies are about men. yeah. And so it's so interesting to me that I have been able to live my life looking through men's eyes and developing empathy. I, I as I got older, I started to realize and notice, but I did not, I felt that the empathy and the compassion was similar. The struggles were similar. And then now it's really nice to, you know, I, I we've talked about it on this show before, but the first two movies that I really saw that really made me cry were Wonder Woman and the Ghostbusters reboot with the women. Mm-hmm. And that was a long time ago now, but Todd and I talked about it on the show and watching Wonder Woman go across that field and being the only, and if you've seen the movie, you know what I mean, and being the only person who was willing to cross those battle lines and like... I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. I had never seen it. Like now maybe it's been done and to see Ghostbusters with they the movie ended and they showed the three women as the stars like they showed like you know they showed a clip of them from the movie and then it said like, you know, Kristen Wiig and and I had never seen that before. Yeah. And maybe there's been indie movies people can point things out. Believe me, I searched for these movies in the 90s and I did find them in indie fashion. But as far as blockbusters you got to kind of you know understand what I'm talking about here. Sure. I'm talking about the big movies. So when I hear men or boys say, "Oh, I walked in and it was so annoying," and I walked out, or I'm not going to go see that because it's a bunch of women, it's so dis. Well, and I it's was, so uncomfortable to me because I'm like, why is this so difficult? Well, here's to do? the deal.
0: I, so I'll speak from the other side. Okay. When I I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know Gosling was in it. I did not know Margot Robbie was in it. I just heard there's a Barbie movie. I'm mm-hmm. like, I have zero interest in the Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's because. I never played with Barbies. Um, maybe that's because um, I don't think my sister did. Like it was never around. So like this isn't for me. This is for other people that like Barbie. Sure. So it's kind of so that was my initial impression. And then when I thought like, oh, there's some soci- societal messages around it. I'm like, okay, now you got my interest. Right. So I just want to say that if somebody doesn't know that, like. I'm not going to go see the Barbie, but it's a kid's movie. Like, you don't know until you know. So.
1: And I would say that, you know, we were just talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, when I was a kid, and I'm using me as a kid because I'm trying to give people some some frame of reference here, my dad was like, we're going to see Raiders of the Lost Ark before I knew what it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to go see that. I don't even know what those words mean together, <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. But he's like, no, we're going. You know, I want you to see this. And I loved it, right? So maybe initially my impression was, I don't even know what this is, but you you go in and you have the experience. And I think that what you did um, going in, you know, you you saw the excitement that we had about yeah. the Barbie movie. So well, you joined it started, us. Well,
0: and it was marketed. Oh, my God. Talk about a marketing campaign. Jeez, right? It's just you couldn't turn Miss on. It. I, it was on my screensaver for some reason yeah. on our Roku. Like it was like they went all hands on deck for marketing. And this is one of those times where marketing worked because it's grossed over a billion dollars, which is crazy. And we do, we just re- finished recording a Taylor Swift podcast with our daughters. Like this is the summer of female economics.
1: Yes, that's beautiful. Thank you for saying that. It's not just girl power. No. That's that's so cliche. Females are Ta- crushing it Taylor, economically.
0: Taylor is a powerhouse. Like yeah. she changes the economy in a town. In when every she arrives, every state she goes into, she changes their economy. Barbie is a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Like it's. I'm just so grateful because what because it always comes back to the almighty dollar, right? Sure. So if people show up to these things, then they'll the the, the people who are in charge will keep making these things. It'll continue. So. And
1: just to kind of help you understand that, uh, you know, for those of you who d- did the um, Eras tour or, or whatever, you know this, but when you're in a town where there is going to be a Taylor Swift show, first of all, a lot of people fly in for it. So you have all the flights, you have, you know, the hotels, you have the restaurants. If you people that fly in or people who live in that state, they go shopping for clothes, outfits, um, bracelets. Like they said, the bead industry over the summer has boomed. Well, we Why? Went there. Yeah. Why has the bead industry boomed? Because everyone's making friendship bracelets to trade. So like they can't keep up. Like when we were in Denver, I went to three stores to find beads because a bunch we forgot some of our bracelets. They were nowhere. Of course they weren't because there's a show in Denver. Like everyone had bought them out, you know, had sold them out. So when we're talking about the economy, we're not just talking about Swift's tour. We're talking about All the stuff around her and how it's driving the economy. And same with Barbie. All the, you know, Mattel is not unhappy about this. Yeah.
0: Well, they're smart enough to let the creators do their thing without giving them notes.
1: Right. So, because we're still on this topic, did you want to play that, like maybe like 30 seconds of Ben Shapiro talking about this? Because you'll kind of get the gist of how, and again, I know Ben Shapiro is his own thing. He's a very right wing uh, conservative. He's a conservative. Speaker talking head, yeah, pundit, um, and he always has strong opinions. He likes to be over the top, well, but he's... he was so
0: angry about this movie, well, and he wants attention, attention, which and we're giving we're him, giving yeah, him yeah, that yeah, attention. Yeah. No, I haven't heard this yet, but I'm, I'm guessing I know. It just started at about one
2: minute. Yeah, yeah. piled atop a landfill filled with dogs. It is one of the worst movies I've ever seen on every possible level. It is a horrific movie. The only thing that can be said for this film is production design. The production design is really nice. The Costumes are really nice. Also, it's really hard to screw that up. It's really hard to screw that up because you literally have this to model after. All you have to do is this, but big, okay? It's really not tough, but put aside all of the beautiful costumes, which is there for the ladies and all of the production design and and the Barbie universe and all of that. Every joke that happens in this film happens basically within the first 45 seconds of the film. So, for example, Barbie turns on the water and there's no water. Ooh, because, you know, like in Barbie House, there's no actual water. Do you, do you get it? And then she drinks, but there's no actual liquid in the, in, the actual, in the actual cup. Oh, my God, because she's a Barbie doll. Oh, I get it. Okay, that's all the jokes. There are no more jokes for the rest of the film. Mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: that's not, from my perspective, that's not true. I think it's a very funny movie. And, and part of me hates talking about Ryan Gosling because I do think he steals the show. He he is the one and Margot Robbie's great. Everybody's great. Kate McKinnon. Why don't we not
1: say he steals it and he just really enhances this movie he enhances this movie. Yeah.
0: And for to oversimplify what this movie is based on what he just said is simply a ridiculous statement from my perspective. It is a hilarious movie. And whenever I hear guys and I've been so a part of hearing men Get so offended when it comes to things like this. It always, to me, it's like whenever there's that much of a reaction it's hitting something inside of that person that he's not willing to look at
1: well and again it's the critical thinking of i understand he's like and he's got he he did a 45 minute rant by the way that was that was nothing yeah, you just was, keep you know that was
0: it was 40 seconds of 43 he minutes he
1: went on and talked about how it was you know he used woke like 12 times you know it, it, you just he just didn't like it um for his own reasons but i think the critical thinking piece is um look at movies and see who is always centered in the movies, right? It's usually white males. So, you know, that's typically what a movie is centered around. Um, And recognize that statistically and that there is a movie that has a different approach where it's very smartly trying to point this out. That it is really like he's walking in saying it's stupid right at the beginning because who's centered in this movie, Ken is literally an accessory yes. in the Barbie universe, yeah. and the whole point of that is that that's not reality. Mm-hmm. So we're, the joke or the realization, and it's not always that funny, <laughs> meaning, I mean, it is funny in the movie, but when you really think about it, is here's a place where women are centered, and then men are saying it's man-hating... <laughs> When they're trying to point out that this never happens and that when you get past the time of playing with Barbies, which is my next point about the – this movie is also about the familiarity of girlhood, you are told when you are young – that you can do, and I'm speaking for women, gender specifically, that you can do anything, that you can show up as you want, that you can be whatever career you wanna be in. You can you know, you know, can dress this way, you can look this way, you can have short hair, you can have long hair, you can do whatever you want. And then you get to, and that's when you're playing with Barbies, right? The world is open to you. You are flying planes, you are the president. And then you hit this point where you realize it's not true. I'm not saying it's 100% not true, you can still you still have some access but not the kind of access you were told you had and that's the point it's trying to make you know that's one of the many points it's trying to make so for someone to come in and say oh it's so man hating because the women are centered d- doesn't that sound to you a little silly like that that that's the whole that's the whole organization of the movie yeah and it doesn't i don't recall a moment in this movie of man hating I mean, there's discussion about the patriarchy, but is that – do we debate that? Do we debate that our society and our culture has been developed by men? I mean, is that up for debate is what I'm asking.
0: No. I. Well, it depends who you ask. Um, For me, it's – so I kind of want to pivot really quick to uh, Scott Galloway, who is a thought leader. He's writing a book right now on trying to help young men who seem lost and Uh all that stuff – and I think Scott Galloway is a really smart guy. I actually, um, I I really appreciate Scott Galloway, but he does a podcast with Kara Swisher on a podcast called Pivot. And he, if he wants, so he said some, he walked into the movie high on edibles to his own admission. He was high on edibles and he walked out 45 minutes through his words. Bless you, sweetie. Thank
1: you. I'm sorry that I did that in the middle and
0: of I think of Scott as an advocate for young men, and it's needed because young men um, graduate college less, you know... Uh, than women do. Than women do. Um, in certain... Through a certain lens, women have not just caught up to men, uh, they're actually surpassing men. Um, now, you, it doesn't look like that when you get to the Fortune 500 CEOs.
1: Yeah, because let me just say that yes. in certain data... Yeah. Women are surpassing men as far as graduating from college or the schools More they go to. Right. But does that show up in the real world, which is the indicator of who's in charge? Well, and it, that's where it, it right. doesn't. Right. And it
0: depends whose world you're talking about. If you're talking about a 13-year-old boy who turns on the TV and sees that women are passing us and... Um, you know, all their, go ahead.
1: But I have to even question sure. that. How would a 13-year-old boy look at the TV and see that women are passing us? How would he see that? Because you're talking about data. Mm-hmm. And is a 13-year-old boy looking at data going, oh, statistically. I
0: think when, if you are looking at certain things, there are messages out there that say men are the ones that are messing up this world. Right. 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 Got So it. they're getting those messages. I'm not saying that that doesn't there's a whole other perspective out there that says, yeah, but look at this data, and it says it's harder to be a girl than it is a boy. I can get on board with that, but through certain lenses, there are indicators that our boys are getting Left behind.
1: So let's do let's talk about sure. this. This isn't even a debate because I totally know what you're sure. talking about. Yeah. We actually had a, have a show um, that where we're talking with two of the guys from Men Living, yeah. Chris next, and Sean, next Tuesday, and we discussed this. Yeah. How we're really all on the same page, but yeah. there's things we all have to take into con- consideration when we're talking about men's work and women's work. Yeah. So you guys can listen to that when it comes out. But I feel like we need new language okay. as always sure. because. You know, boys will look at the. Let's say I'm going with what you said. They'll look at the TV and they'll feel like that they're hearing that men are destroying things, and they will feel blamed. Well,
0: and the and the example I can give real quick is the Gillette commercial, which I love, but it talks about toxic masculinity. Okay, and boys will take that and say, "Oh, there's something inherently wrong with my masculine," and it's called toxic. Okay, so that's like one data point of how somebody can see a Gillette commercial that did go viral. Talking about toxic masculinity,
1: and I get that, but you know that women have been watching advertisements where men are standing on top of them and picking them up and tying them up and throwing them into cars, and you know, not listening to them or saying like. And I'm saying this from history, like when you go look, it's not these are not in magazines anymore, thank goodness. But we have been watching things about us our whole lives that we are less than you. Yes, I'm saying that not because. I want to win an argument, but how do we tell boys something that is true Mm -hmm. without offending? Mm -hmm. Because it is true that a lot of the things that go on in the world, it's not about the 13-year-old boy he's at fault, Mm -hmm. but how do we explain that men have created a lot of the systems and challenges, even if they didn't create all of them, which wouldn't be a fair statement because there is no all and never, right? right? that a lot, our leaders have been men, the people who are debating, then creating our, you know, corporations, you know, creating our system of economics. How do we talk about the truth without offending? I really, and I'm asking that with it
0: earnestly. I I think you have to have uh, a whole spectrum of discussions. I think that I totally hear you that that how do we have this conversation with boys without them getting offended? I don't know. I how know. Do, how do we do that? I feel like we need to have these conversations in a healthy way, where these boys are have good role models of what healthy masculinity looks like, like whole masculinity. Yes, yeah. healthy. I call it healthy, healthy masculinity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're not getting that. They're you know they're sitting in their bed their basement. Smoking weed, playing games. Not all. Not all, of course not. Right, right. Not right. all. But that's what's happening to a lot of young men. And, the, you know, you, you can counterpoint every single thing I'm about to say. Like, you know, the amount of jobs that are open to men now are not as prevalent as they used to be because we've moved away from the manufacturing society and all that and things are going, you know, robots are taking over the world. So mm-hmm. the one advantage we have, which is physical strength is now no longer that important to jobs out mm-hmm. there. I mean, of course, you can go out and be a construction worker and not say women can't do that either. Obviously, they can. But there's a whole variety of examples like that where... And, you know, there's a stigma against pink jobs, which is teachers and healthcare workers and things like that. That men are
1: less willing, to take, are less willing, to, willing to take jobs that have been feminized.
0: And so the movement, the the world is moving in a direction where... We need to redefine what masculinity looks like, right? And we're not.
1: And I think that's the question because I know that, and I and I have a lot of empathy, like for you know I know even if I don't know them personally, I know what you guys talk about in men living, and I know what men tend to struggle with, and we have these conversations all the time, and it's not about that there isn't empathy. It's I just don't know how to communicate because your example of you know there's a 13 year old boy watching this, and he might think that, oh no, I'm toxic. And and I just, again, the critical thinking piece in me is the amount that women have had to absorb yeah. and their rights are being taken away and they're being threatened and they are being told they're not good enough and they are being raped and they are, and, and you may say, well, men are too. Yes, but statistically speaking. And so how do we talk about these things and it, without men saying, but that would hurt a 13 year old mm-hmm. boy. And I don't even have the answer. Yeah,
0: well, and um. Yeah. I think that it's not either or, it's both and. We need to help our young men and old men and young women and old women. It's not one or another. And to go back to Scott Galloway, his contention is we need to support the youth. We need to support... All genders, all genders, youth. Yeah, I agree. You know, this world is set up for older people. older people. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about student debt is the only debt that never goes away.
1: And let me be clear, we're not talking about elderly because elderly are not treated well either. Right. We're talking about that. Yeah, you know, it's just
0: built for for people with like money. forty and above. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So just coming back to Scott Galway, he has like these ideas, like we need to siphon as much uh, programming and opportunities to the youth men yeah. and is, because the minute it's men, ver, men versus women or right. boys versus girls, we, don't want that. we all lose. Exactly. It's a both and, but getting back to Scott, who I think is a leader on this front, I was very, I don't want to say disappointed because that means that I expect him to be other than he is, but mm-hmm. I was really discouraged by the way he said he took an edible walked into the Barbie movie, walked out 45 minutes later, I kind of felt a sense of responsibility as the executive director of a men's organization that I would be informed about something. And if he's going to write a book on healthy masculinity, or I don't know what he's writing about, it's something something that has to do with supporting men, and yet he's going in in a delusional state, let's say, or, or an intoxicated state by taking an edible and leaving halfway through. That's a really, I was really sad when I saw that. I was really discouraged when I saw that. And I wish that he would, you know, and he gets off on saying really controversial things. Right. It just so happens this, this, And I would laugh at some of his jokes and laugh at some of his controversial statements or not be as offended about this. This one happens to be one that I really believe in. Mm -hmm. So I'm obviously much more offended about it. But he's not going to change who he is.
1: Well, and I, but he could.
0: Of course he could. Like he could. And he
1: might. He could hear this criticism. And, you know, it's not about you shouldn't take edibles and it's not about you shouldn't leave movies. It's why are you expressing this when on your platform? When the whole point of this movie, this movie has meant a lot to a lot of people, majority women, and it can feel really dismissive
0: mm-hmm. yes.
1: and, you know, disregarding yeah. to have a man who's in the this world of, of healthy masculinity to say, yeah, I couldn't even, and I don't know his words, so I don't want to make them up, but he went in and he couldn't deal with it. He, it wasn't funny. Well, wh- here, wh- here you go. Okay.
2: With the ladies, um so I'm just making that point, just okay. so I saw Barbie, oh, 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 okay. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I just think it was such genius, like threading the duality of life and measured humor that was insightful yet uh, didn't take itself too seriously around identity politics. I really think it's uh, one of the movies of the ages in a in a in a deeply <laughs> relevant statement about our society, oh, my God, you're you're with me, right? I walked out. I walked you, what? Out. Oh my God! I walked out, yeah. What do you mean? Why? I mean, I bought a ticket. I went in. I sat yeah. there for forty-five minutes, and as yeah. usual, I had to go to the bathroom. And I'm one of those theaters where it's yeah. a pain to go to the bathroom, and I just didn't have the—I don't know—I <laughs> didn't. I was too embarrassed to go back, and I was a little bit high on edibles, and I'm like, I'd rather go to Carl's Pharmacy. Here's how I <laughs> save the night. Just okay. Amazing. Why did you want? Why didn't you like it? It's yeah, Cara, literally Cara, crossing Cara, the billion Cara. mark. But okay, go ahead. Cara. Yeah. Okay. I'm a I'm a 48 year old guy with yeah. erectile dysfunction who okay. drinks bourbon and watches Goodfellas and war movies at night. I mean, Okay. How could right. I like Barbie? Come Seriously. on. And it's by the funny. way, I just want to say, I want you to say something one nice thing about it. But go ahead. I think she's spectacular. I think he's yeah. spectacular. It was clear, the set design was beautiful. I get why people like it. There was some really that's not what I will say is this. Mm-hmm. When I read the movie Money or I read the book Moneyball, it's mm-hmm. about analytics and sports. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. And I heard they were making a movie. I'm like, how on earth are they going to make a movie? And they made a Mm -hmm. fantastic film out of something I never thought could be made into a movie. Mm -hmm. What I will say is it's not easy to make a movie about Barbie because it's so charged. It could just Mm -hmm. go so many wrong ways so Mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. And they do – I thought they thread the needle perfectly. I thought it laughed at itself, but it also – had meaning I love the black and white scenes with the mother Mm -hmm. and the daughter. That stuff Mm -hmm. always tugs at my heart. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I saved the evening – I left. I wa- So he goes on to tell the story about it. I'm him.
1: so confused by that. So is he being... He's uh, being
0: totally sarcastic in the beginning. Okay. And then he gave his honest experience, okay. which was he walked out 45 minutes, but within the 45 minutes he saw, he's actually complimenting certain aspects of it.
1: But see, here's the thing, Scott, which I appreciate your work and, you know, I've listened to your podcast and I, why I'm confused is you're like, I'm a guy who drinks bourbon, <laughs> who whatever. You know what? I'm a girl, a woman who likes pink who wears her hair in a ponytail who likes very feminine things and i can do raiders of the lost ark Mm -hmm. and i can do star wars and i can do um the matrix and i why is this a problem i it it brings tears to my eyes because i'm like why do you guys think and i get it like we're never going to be able to solve this on this podcast i see it i todd and i talk about this all the time again I work with women. He works with men. I I get it. But I don't know why you think a man thinks he can't be expansive enough to understand someone else's perspective. Because we
0: swim in it on a daily basis. And when I say it, it is the the leaning towards male programming, everything else. Like, this is new for us.
1: Yes, that I can understand. That's
0: why... And for me, I invited the guys and the men, in men living. I said, "You guys should check this out because." And even if you disagree with it, I would much rather have a guy walk into Barbie, disagree with it, have a conversation with it uh, about the movie with their son mm-hmm. than not do anything at all. Right? Like, I, I, I just don't want to escape from or remove myself from a really important discussion. And Barbie's not. I hope there's other movies out here where we can talk about it. But this happens to be at our forefront right now. And for somebody who is who has spent a lot of time, Scott, being a guy that I admire and then really disappointed with, um, for him not to have even seen it just seems for me, it's just really discouraging.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and he's not actually watching the movie. He's on an edible. Yes. Like that, you know those of you that know, you're having a bit of a different experience. Right. You know what I mean? So it's not even the, a real try. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I, I think that one of the things that, it, you know, and I want to be clear, Barbie is not the, my favorite movie. It's no. not the my no. favorite movie I've ever seen. I It's just so funny how the men are like, you know, the the set design is really good. Like right. There's only a certain number of things yeah, it's they like can they all say. Get together and and say. they're like, let's say the set design is good. Um, I think You know, going back to, you know, if my number one was this movie is about an existential crisis, my number two is being about the familiarity of girlhood. And I think that all people want, regardless of gender, is to be understood. And I think there's something about the ability to see this movie so you understand women and girls in your life better. And I'm not saying we're a monolith, we are not all the same. We have not had all these same experiences. But there is this shift where you go from a somewhat innocent, non-gender specific even if someone's throwing pink on you to where you become the scene that's probably the most affecting to me in that movie where I was like whoa whoa was when they're rollerblading and they crossed over into the real world and Barbie starts saying why is everybody staring at me this way it makes me very uncomfortable and Ken's like yeah and everybody's staring at me and yeah. it's great and that in itself is such a thing I wish that every that men maybe understood better is that there is a walking through the world that maybe not all but a lot of men do that women don't feel quite as safe because of the way they are viewed and it's not all about if you're pretty or not there's it's not just about attractiveness it's about you being an object or a body or a vessel You are not treated the same way. And and it's something that I think the movie tries to make some really strong points about. And if you go in thinking, I don't like pink or I drink bourbon, you're missing an experience. A
0: part of, uh, I I can't say a part of you, a part of me, there's a part of me, oops, sorry, that likes set design. Like there's a soft kind of feminine part of me that is wonderful. And it's one that's, dormant or not tapped into enough and i feel like barbie was an opportunity for me to tap into a different side of me
1: and to see my experience yes. i know that i'm coming back to will you look at and it's not about me kathy it's about women and girls is that you guys look through your lens all the time yeah these are the movies these are the authors these are the historical figures and you're looking through men's eyes and women have also had to look through men's eyes yeah. and we've been able to do it and find a sense of self. And And I think it's part of the reason that we have such a deep empathy is because we view things through other people's lens. And you guys have that capability too. This isn't about you can't do it. It's about, can you go into the movie and instead of be like, what am I going to get out of it? Yeah. That you're like, this is interesting mm-hmm. because this is a, an experience of people, of women, of a gender that I hadn't that I hadn't looked at through this lens. Yeah. And there's this great line. Um, oh, gosh, I have to find it. I wish I had written it down. But um, there's this great line where um, Will Farrell says something like, I am the son of a mother and the you know, nephew of a aunt. Like, you know, men are always trying to like, point out how they're connected to women <laughs> in mm-hmm. some way. And what if you just weren't, but you could just see – you are connected. You have daughters and everything. But what if you just cared about humans?
0: Do you well, know what I mean? And I'll give you a quick story. Okay. I haven't even shared this with you. Oh, um, boy. When I went up to Cascade National Park last Wednesday uh-huh. with my brother and sister and sister-in-law and I think two of my kids and a few nieces, I was walking to the visitor center. Uh-huh. And <laughs> – Oh, boy. There are these two older guys, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, sweet! These older guys are out there hiking national parks. I like, I, I know, I always have this fondness for old guys. Yeah, me too. All right? mm-hmm. older so, women too. So I walk past them, and I, they, one guy says to the other is like, I'm actually going to sit here and enjoy the scenery. And I thought he was talking about the scenery of the beautiful national park. He was we're talking at. about our girls. He was talking about our daughters and our nieces mm-hmm. who were wearing, you know, normal clothing for an August day. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy said. Responded is like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here with you and enjoy the scenery mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, kind of like, I don't know. I was, you know, there's so many different thoughts in my mind at that moment. One mm-hmm. is, do I want to say something to these guys that these guys are my daughters and my nieces? Do I want to? And it's, were they objectifying these women or were they appreciating their beauty? Oh
1: I don't. Well, <laughs> I, I, Todd, I, I just. I I struggle with that. I think,
0: of course you do. And so do I. And that's why I'm bringing it up. Like I would probably say there's an objectification of it, but I would also be uh, disingenuous if I didn't say that I would, I have done those exact same things. Sure. So it'd be very hypocritical of me to challenge these older guys for doing something that I have done in the past. Mm -hmm. So, and then it's the whole idea. And then why is this different? Because it's, my nieces and my daughters, Mm -hmm. whereas if it was somebody else's nieces and somebody else's daughters, would I have participated, participated Mm -hmm. with it. Right. So I was totally confused. I didn't say anything, but I've just kind of been, it's been kicking around in my head for since last Thursday.
1: Well, and I think what it, you know, without laying a big judgment on it, it's, it's, you know, underlining the point that I just made about Barbie and Ken rollerblading into the real world. And Barbie's like, why are people looking at me this way? I'm feeling kind of uncomfortable, like something I can't remember words. I think she actually uses the violence, like I feel like she felt different, mm-hmm. and Ken's like, but I feel more empowered mm-hmm. and and they tried to make it a humorous piece, but it really hit me in the stomach because that 's a line that when we're girls and we start to develop and we're becoming women that we cross into mm-hmm. where the world isn't quite as safe, and we are they are not sitting there going i'm going to look at these human beings because they are worthy human beings who are probably very smart and going to college enjoying things, they're like, I'm going to look at their body. Yep. And so we can say, but it's their beauty. And could I say that women, you know, tap into that and, and make money off of it? And, you know, Kardashians, yes. Like there, there are no absolutes in this discussion. Mm-hmm. It's why it's a difficult discussion. But to, to not, what I want more is the understanding of how going through the world feels yeah. and how the movie Barbie it's not a man hating thing it's a switch where at the beginning of the movie women are safe, free, content, in charge and creating this life that they're told when they're little girls they can live in.
0: Yeah. And, and, and Ken is an afterthought. Yeah,
1: and Ken and they're not mean to Ken. No. They just like when Ken's like, Can I come in? She's like, Why? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you can come to my party yeah. and I'll see you tomorrow. And when you say hi, I say hi mm-hmm. and you can ride in my car. Like, they're not cruel. Right. They just, when little girls are not interested in men, that's why Barbie's an accessory. Mm-hmm. But we cross this line. That's why Ken's an accessory. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. You're right. Little girls are not thinking about that unless they're being told, is that your boyfriend? and they're being forced into this mentality. But most of the time they're just concerned about just the play within the Barbies. And 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 Alan or Ken or maybe a part of that, but it's not about power dynamics yet. Barbie is just content in her world. Yeah. And then this line gets crossed. Like I, you know, I just remember the first time our oldest daughter Went out with a friend and she they were um they kind of dressed up and they were gonna go out to dinner. They were 13 years old and it was like the first time they're gonna go pay for their own dinner. And they walked home and they said, guess what? We were sitting at a table and some guys at the table next to us, they were drinking and they tried to sit with us and they said they were gonna pay and they were commenting on things. And I said, Yeah, you have I had to be like, Yeah, you have reached a time when they're no longer looking at you as children. You know what I mean? Should they? Yes. But they were now girls who were developing and they're
0: in a different place. Well, and to add to that story, which I think we've shared on the podcast before, I think one of the waitresses... Helped them. Helped them.
1: That's right. One of the one of the waitresses said,
0: told the guys to lay off. And I'm willing to bet that there was probably men, other men in that restaurant who didn't even notice no, what didn't. was happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And my hope for me, is that I can navigate a situation and use my radar detection that when something is off that I'm going to say something. It, it, it saddens me that it was up to other women to but Tud, step up.
1: Just, I'm just throwing this out there, and this isn't a judgment because I know you're thinking about it, but you did have that opportunity with those men, right? But you were like conflicted about it.
0: Yeah, I think it was a little bit different okay. situation. Do you don't think it was different? Well, I don't know. I oh, I don't have A couple I'm, guys sitting on a bench versus two guys approaching our thirteen year old daughters. Yeah, it is different.
1: It's just I think sometimes we're like, well, next time I'm gonna. But we we're presented opportunity. It, it's mm-hmm. let me take it off you because this is not a guilting of you. But we're presented with these opportunities all the time. You know, some that was a really blatant. You know, yeah. where anybody would step up and say, leave two 13-year-old girls alone. It's easy, right? On the spectrum. But it's like, you know, the jokes. Yeah. The, you know, but there is an objectifying of women of when men are saying, I'm going to stare at the scenery, yep. you can say, well, it's just because women are beautiful, but it feels a bit like a, you know, it's it's an objectification. And And you, I want to be clear, I don't know what I would say either. Mm-hmm. I probably could have more easily been like, hey, it's my kids, mm-hmm. but I am a woman. Right. And so I would have felt it really immediately,
0: yeah.
1: um, where I know you're trying to say I was conflicted, and I get it. Um, but it, it these are it, this is why Barbie is important. <laughs> like this is my point is is this movie is trying to point out a lot of things, and Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, who wrote the screenplay, they didn't say. And here's the answer. Mm-hmm they right. didn't
0: no there was no resolution
1: no there was a we all have to do better yeah. kind of thing and and it wasn't just about women it wasn't just about feminism it was about why do men have to abide by societal norms too yes why they they made it i mean obviously it's based on a woman right or it's based on barbie but their goal was to spread this out over everybody why why are we all so Focused on these societal norms we have to maintain. Well, and we know the why, but can we question it is the goal of the movie. Um, Todd, because I know you don't have as much time, my number three with this – so existential crisis, the familiarity of girlhood, and number three was the paradox of Barbie. And that is, again, there's a lot of different levels, like just Barbie herself is a doll, like Barbie is too skinny, but Barbie is a role model. Barbie promotes unhealthy body image, but Barbie shows girls they can have a career. Like Barbie herself as a toy is a paradox, right? Sure. But the movie also offers, there's a great monologue that um, Gloria, the character Gloria offers about the impossibility of being a woman in our culture because we can't do it right Mm -hmm. right you know if you rise to the top then you are you know bossy or a b and and if you don't work hard enough you're lazy and you're trying to you know attach yourself to other people there's just no way and i wrote something last week um for my zen parenting moment you sure did and i kind of what happened after I saw this movie is Gloria gives this great monologue and you should look it up. Everybody should because she goes through all these things that are really specific to the script and it's really it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's And then I went home and thought about what are the things I've heard or that my clients tend to hear or that just tend to be general for women. And the ones that I wrote down because there's plenty because people – I got a lot of emails and people like sent me theirs, you know. But this is the paradox of womanhood. Um, what I'll hear is you should smile more and be happy. Uh, there are people on the street tend to not like it if women aren't smiling, right? Um, if you guys know what RBF is, um, resting bee face, like anytime a woman is not smiling, there's something wrong with them, basically. But then the paradox to that is you're too loud or you talk too much or laugh too loud. So if we are really happy, we need to be more quiet. Um, then we also hear, and let me be clear. I hear this from men and women. This is not just men saying this all the time. Women say this to each other. You are with people all the time. Don't you know how to be alone? Why are you alone? Don't you have friends? You are always with your kids. Why don't you work? You are always working. Where are your kids? <laughs> reach for the stars. But if you reach some stars, you may need to reconsider because you might want kids someday. And again, that one You know, women will start to climb a ladder and they'll be like, wait, I shouldn't take this position or do this next thing or go to school because what if I want to have kids? And not everybody, but I hear it a lot from women. For me personally, short hair is more professional. Why don't you cut it? Long hair is so much prettier. Why don't you grow it? You know, the way we look, everybody has- these are
0: ones, just for the record, these are ones you've come up with that and you're inspired by that monologue in the movie.
1: Yes. Her monologue is a standalone that everybody should read. These are the ones I came up with. Um. It, yeah, I hear this a lot now that I'm 52. Be natural and go gray. You should be proud of your age. And the same people will say you should have started using eye cream and serum and LED masks and vitamins and Botox a long time ago. So like, there's this. Are we going natural or you know you can't win? And then people. And this. These are some of my favorites. You look good, but don't act like you think you look good because that's annoying to people. You should work hard. Maybe you can even win some awards. But if you do, don't talk about it because that's annoying. And this is one for us, Todd, because we get this all the time. Stay connected to your partner. But don't share pictures of being connected to your partner. Both of you are really annoying. I mean, how often do we get how annoying we are because we say sweetie or because every yeah. picture is well, happy for the
0: record i'm okay with being annoying
1: right well you know dress the way you want but just make sure you're trendy dress comfortably but dress professionally your people won't take you seriously i can't believe you spend so much money on clothes oh your your closet is so bland you should invest in yourself more you always have a jacket this is this is a real one for me you guys because this happened in my workplace you always have a jacket on you seem so stiff my female boss told me this she's like you're so stiff then I took my jacket off and she said, you might want to put that on. You're sure to see through and it's inappropriate. So I literally couldn't win that day. Same day. The goal is to have people notice you. And then why do you need so much attention? And then, you know, this we are, we've talked about this on the show. We won't dive deep, but don't be paranoid about locking the door at night or locking your car or looking behind you. Nothing's going to happen to you. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, Or and then the blaming of the women. Why were you there in the first place? What were you wearing? What did you say? Why didn't you leave? And then these are my favorites as a mom. You don't need to run so many errands. You should just relax more. And then somebody's like, where's the milk? You're out of milk. You didn't go buy it, mom. And you don't need to do laundry all the time. Don't worry about it. Why can't I find any of my socks? You know, I I have so many more here, but I'm not going to keep talking. Um, There's read the Zen parenting moment, which will be below. Yeah. Um, but this is, and, and maybe you could do the same list, Todd, as a man.
0: No, I think my list would be a lot shorter, which is, you know, be tough and be soft. Yeah. Which one is it?
1: Right. Speak your mind.
0: Yeah. And you know, I, I coach guys and I've been coaching a lot of clients lately and they are, I'm inviting my guys to swim upstream against the conditioning and the conditioning is you always have to be stoic and tough. So I've gotten them actually to drop into their heart in front of their wife. Yeah. And there's times when their wives make fun of them right. for it. Right. So like talk about when you're at your most vulnerable is when you open your heart up and you mm-hmm. kind of show who you are and you drop into your kind of feeling state. And that's when you're most vulnerable. And if if there's if the response from the wife is, you know, man up, which yeah. is what's said to them, like
1: Oh, the conditioning of that men need to be strong and the rock all the time and that women are expect that and won't accept anything else is a problem too. Sure. Like this is the cultural conditioning on both sides where it's like if we really want men to say what they feel and show their feelings and talk about what they need and then we make fun of them or put them down for doing so, we are perpetuating the problem. Mm -hmm. We have to be willing to recognize all that conditioning in us yeah. as well. You know, we all have internalized misogyny or internal, you know, whatever it may be. And-
0: um, But my guess is you probably made this list within a half an hour. 15 and minutes if I spent 15 minutes on my list, it would be a lot shorter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was, and this was not it. I like, I wrote them all down before I went to bed. And then the next day I kind of went through them and made a list. Yeah. Um, but it's a very, put it this way it's the paradox of life, right? Of being a woman in this culture. And Barbie is trying to point a lot of this out. And it's not about that. It's the best movie that's ever been made. It's about that. It's a great piece for conversation. Yes. And what Todd's been trying to say to the men in his men's group and, and our, in our own family and, you know, out in the world is just have, go see it. So you can be part of the conversation. Like, why do you want to be left out of this conversation? And you might, have an experience where you're like oh that makes sense to me or i learned something new or that's funny ryan gosling's really good in this movie yes. so is everybody everybody, everybody is, is but he's just incredibly funny well he gets the best lines lines right he's, he's the, the one who has the, best the jokes.
0: outfits he's got that fur <laughs> coat fur thing.
1: and um, he's just ken um and i know you have to go todd but maybe we could end with that song I'll with we'll ryan's start. song um and What's I will say song? I it's called I'm Just Ken. Just Ken. Um, and so before you start it, though, thank you for listening. This conversation is hard. And Todd and I have these conversations a lot. And if we can stay open about it, share from our heart. Like sometimes I have moments where I'm like, because it just hurts. And I'm sure Todd feels the same way. But in the end, we have to be able to see each other during this conversation and not think there's a good guy and a bad guy because there's no such thing. We're, and, and maybe share this podcast with your partner. You know, maybe listen to it together and talk about it. Or if instead, you are in,
0: go see the movie and talk to your partner about
1: it. Yeah, that. if you are in a, um, you know, male-female partnership. Heteronormative? Yeah, or anybody. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's well, That's the thing. It's non-gender specific. It's everybody.
0: Well, and I never post on Facebook, and sometimes I like to be a contrarian, and I think I posted, hey, dads, go take your sons to Barbie. And mm-hmm. I wasn't even joking. And I can only imagine how that lands with most dads and most Sons, Mm. because they're like, no, no, that's a mom girl movie. And I'm like, no, actually, it's probably more important, in my judgment, that the fathers and the sons see this. Yeah. Because the women and the girls are going to be like, yep. And the men and the Sons might be like, wait a second, what? More, more yeah. information. Well, Justin Trudeau, uh, you know,
1: the prime minister of Canada, uh, posted a picture today of he and his son wearing pink, going to see the movie.
0: Boom, shaka waka.
1: So, and the pink thing, you don't have to. It's just fun. Yeah. It's just, it's just. Well, and making that's a the other point. thing. The
0: whole pink thing. Like, I wasn't going to put pink on. You are like, oh, you got to wear pink. I am like, okay, whatever. I'll put on my pink shirt. Um, it, lighten up. Lighten up. <laughs> Lighten up. That's what
1: it is. Well, and I think one of the things that women are trying to take back is I can like pink and also be really smart. i right. I can like glitter and also be the vice president of the United States. Yes. Like these are not, you know, is it the word mutually exclusive? Like mm-hmm. you you don't have to just be one or the other. Right. You get to do all of these things, as do you, Todd. Like this is the whole male, the whole female, and all of the in between, you know, with, you know, gen- gender spectrum. Like mm-hmm. we get to... This is this is what makes life enjoyable, yeah. is, is tapping into all these pieces. So, Todd, thank you for the conversation.
0: Yes. I appreciate it very much. I appreciate you, sweetie. I'll see you next time on Zen Parenting Radio, and then I'm going to close it out with some Just Ken action. I just don't know who I am without you. You're Ken. But it's Barbie and Ken. There is no Just Ken. doesn't seem to
2: matter what I do. I'm always number two. No one knows how hard I tried.
0: Oh, oh I, I have feelings that I can't explain. They're driving me insane. All my life been so polite. Cause I'm just kidding. Anywhere else I'd be a trend. Is it my destiny to live and die? Of blonde fragility. I'm just gay. Where I see the love, she sees a friend. What will it take for her
2: to see the man behind the head? And fight for me. I'm just gay and dying love. And I'm ready to
1: restart. Thanks for listening everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio Podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are grateful for your support. If you want more Zen parenting, consider joining Team Zen Circle, our very own app that includes our virtual community, exclusive content, and support from us.
0: You could also purchase Kathy's award-winning book, Zen Parenting, Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World. Or subscribe to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com slash resources. And if you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.
2: Keep truckin', and we'll talk to you again next week.